Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or the Notorious Fantasy Edit. In today's video, I'm doing my buy or sell fourth round ADP video for fantasy football in 2020. We are going to be going over the whole fourth round of a draft position to talk about what I believe you should do at those draft picks. Do you want to go ahead and make the pick there, which would be a buy? Do I want to draft this player, or am I selling? Am I avoiding that pick, and do I want to go with a different player at that given spot we're going over the 12 players inside of the fourth round if you guys want to check out rounds one two and three as well they're also on my channel now if at any point during this video you guys end up enjoying the video please make sure to click that subscribe button because it's free and i put out content every single day to help you guys win that 2020 fantasy football championship i've been uploading two plus videos every single day so i'd really appreciate if you guys went ahead and checked that out while you're down there check out the patreon it has my draft guide on there without further ado let's get into it buy or sell fourth round ADP so before we get into it actually I'm going to read off every player going inside of the fourth round right now based off of current ADP and then we are going to break down each and every single player with the buy or sell tag so first pick of the fourth round is Cooper Cup followed by Zach Ertz David Johnson Melvin Gordon AJ Brown Mark Andrews Cortland Sutton Calvin Ridley James Connor Robert Woods Jonathan Taylor and Keenan Allen notice how earlier in the videos obviously the first and second round are very heavily dominated by the running back position whereas rounds three four and five there's a lot more wide receivers coming off the board due to the fact that so many people already have loaded up running backs that now they're going to have to start taking wide receivers considering the wide receiver position is very deep in 2020 so looking at the board obviously like I said the first pick of the fourth round the first pick to break down here is wide receiver Cooper Cup of the LA Rams now Cooper Cup to me is one of the more consistent wide receivers in the NFL you know exactly what you're going to get out of Cooper Cup he's the kind of player where he gets the ball thrown to him a zillion times a game he'll come down with the ball he may score some touchdowns but he's overall just a solid asset to your team likely going to finish inside the top 15 at the wide receiver position now recently I moved one player ahead of him that we are going to be talking about later but that does not mean that I would not draft Cooper Cup here at the 401 I think that the value is good here in the fourth round I think that a lot of wide receivers that are going after him may not be as good as him so that's why I'm going to go ahead here and say Cooper Cup is a buy for me at the 401 I think this Rams team did not look as good last season as obviously they did the season prior. They were on that Super Bowl run. They lost to the Patriots. And last year, they were on the Super Bowl hangover. They were absolutely sleeping, and they didn't do as good. But I think that Cooper Cup is still going to be very productive in 2020. And I think that even when they committed to the two tight end set, and Cooper Cup really kind of settled down, I still think that he's still going to be able to figure it out and still have a great season in 2020. So I'll happily buy Mr. Cooper Cup at the 401. Now, on to the 402 switching from wide receiver to the tight end position with Zach Ertz of the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, Zach Ertz is a very talented player, very good fantasy football player, but to me, there's another tight end that I like more that's going later, so I'm going to go ahead and say sell on Zach Ertz here. I'd much rather draft the other guy here at the 402. Now, I'm not a big fan of in 12-team leagues drafting a tight end early. I just personally don't believe that the value is worth it at that pick due to the fact that you're missing out on a lot of running backs and wide receivers that are going to be staples of your roster, and in my opinion, in 12-team leagues, the tight end positional advantage isn't as high as it is in a smaller league so I would avoid Zach Ertz here I think Zach Ertz will probably have a great season but it really took last year for Zach Ertz's team to end up passing away for him to be able to put up the fantasy points that you want at the beginning of the season when Jeffrey was healthy when they didn't have to be starting some XFL fucking wide receivers or AAF wide receivers to win the game Zach Ertz was doing absolute diddly squat. He was doing jack of all shit. He was doing nothing for your team. And then after everyone got hurt, he started emerging because he was the only target out there that was actually really even competent. 
So Carson Wentz fed him the ball, and now with Dallas Godert emerging over the last couple of years, trying to sniff up Zach Ertz's ass and become that starting tight end. Now, I don't think that happens this year, but I think we still see the increase in snaps for Dallas Godert as Zach Ertz's snaps decrease. Now, I think Zach Ertz will still be productive, but personally, at the 402, I would much prefer other players. Now, to the 403, to the running back position, so we've hit on wide receiver, tight end, and running back all in this round, and that is David Johnson, running back now of the Houston Texans. Now, obviously, David Johnson gets his ass shipped off from the Cardinals. At the beginning of the year, he looked very good before he got hurt. Then after he got hurt, David Johnson turned into an absolute dumpster fire. They end up bringing in, obviously, to the Cardinals. They bring in Kenyon Drake, and now David Johnson is no more, so he ends up in Houston. Obviously, in that trade, that involved DeAndre Hopkins. So what to do with David Johnson? Now, there's really two tales of how this season could go. I'm going to buy David Johnson, but you have to understand, understand the baked-in risk. There's two tales this season. David Johnson plays really good. Looks amazing. Looks like the David Johnson of the past. Looks like David Johnson at the beginning of last year in Houston where they're going to give him a lot of volume because Bill O'Brien does not want to look like a fool who took David Johnson for DeAndre Hopkins and doesn't use him. So David Johnson's he plays healthy, plays really good. Then there's another tale of the season where David Johnson gets hurt again because David Johnson is what I would dub as an injury-prone kind of player. He's been getting hurt the last couple of seasons. So either David Johnson plays really good or he gets hurt. I'm more going to buy in on the fact that he plays really good. Maybe he doesn't play a full 16 games. You have to understand that when you're drafting him, but I think he's a very high upside running back two with top 12 potential that you are finding in the fourth round. So I'm going to go ahead and say I will buy in on David Johnson. There's really no committee in that backfield. Sir, Duke Johnson is going to be getting those dump offs, but they don't, they haven't used Duke Johnson in the past there in Houston last season as the real running back guy on the team. That was obviously Carlos Hyde last season. So now to move on to the 404, another running back in Melvin Gordon, now of the Denver Broncos, two guys that move teams in the offseason. Now, I bring up the fact of the fact that before, obviously, I just said with David Johnson that, oh, Duke Johnson's not all that scary to me. For Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay is very scary to me. Philip Lindsay has been in a 1,000-yard rusher twice in the NFL. Philip Lindsay is an undrafted fucking free agent who came out of nowhere and surprised everyone. Melvin Gordon now moves into this spot where last year he wasn't looking like the best Melvin Gordon, and now he moves into a scenario where it is going to be a heavy split share, in my opinion, for the Denver Broncos. Now, I could be wrong, and Melvin Gordon could be a complete nutter buy if they give him the workhorse load that Melvin Gordon probably deserves, but I don't think that is going to happen. I think Philip Lindsay is too good to not have him involved in like a 60-40 split, maybe 55-45 split, obviously favoring Melvin Gordon, but that doesn't mean that Philip Lindsay will not be involved. They still have Rolls-Royce Freeman obviously behind them, but I'm not really too concerned of him doing anything. It's more about Philip Lindsay. I think Philip Lindsay is also capable to run between the tackles. He's also capable to catch the ball out of the backfield, so Melvin Gordon will not be involved, in my opinion, as much as most people think in Denver, and Philip Lindsay has been looking like a goddamn beast in practice, whereas Melvin Gordon has not been able to acclimate to that that like type of where you're super high up in the fucking air, and the that just, I don't even know how to describe it, I'm not some fucking scientist. Basically, it's harder to breathe when you're playing in Denver due to the altitude. So Melvin Gordon has been struggling with that. I don't think that's all that big of a news because he will be able to obviously figure that out eventually and be fine there. But with that said, I don't think Melvin Gordon is worth this pick here at the 404 since I feel like Philip Lindsay is going to be more involved than most people think. At the 405, back to the wide receiver position with A.J. Brown of the Tennessee Titans. Now, A.J. Brown, I think, is going to be probably the most average player in fantasy football in 2020. I don't see top 10 potential for him, don't see top 12 potential for him, but he'll probably finish somewhere between wide receiver 
15 and wide receiver 20 in my opinion. A.J. Brown is a very talented player, but I'm not trying to buy into a wide receiver on a team that I think is very, very run heavy and I think could have other guys more involved this season. Obviously, last year, A.J. Brown, once uh, Tannehill took over, A.J. Brown just burst onto the scene and was an amazing player. Now, A.J. Brown is a very talented player, very good player. I just don't love the situation for him. Now, obviously, last year, he was able to perform despite the situation, but we saw in the playoffs when they were really trying to run the ball, when they're really trying to win these games, they're not really passing the ball, and A.J. Brown was really deflated in those games like a football in New England. So I think A.J. Brown is going to be a solid real-life player. I just don't think the fact that he was so efficient last year, getting so many yards per reception, so many yards per target, is going to happen again in 2020. I think A.J. Brown will be fine, but in my opinion, he's not a fourth-round pick that I get excited about, so I'm going to go ahead and say that he's a sell for me. Now to close out the first half of the first round is Maki Mark Andrews, tight end of the Baltimore Ravens. Now Mark Andrews is the tight end I was talking about earlier that I prefer to Zach Ertz and that is obviously going to make him a buy. I think Mark Andrews in this offense is excellent piece for Lamar Jackson. He might be Lamar Jackson's number one target. I like Hollywood Marquise, Hollywood Brown, but at the end of the day, Mark Andrews was a fucking beast in the red zone last year as well as a literal reliable fucking guy that's just standing there for Lamar Jackson to throw the ball to. And I think the Ravens are going to have to pass the ball more than they did last season. I don't think they're going to be as run heavy. And I think that Mark Andrews is going to get even more involved and could potentially finish higher than last season. I got Mark Andrews slated in as the tight end three on the year, but he definitely has potential to become the tight end one if the touchdowns are just rolling in, if the Ravens are scoring at an extreme pace just like last season. Now, to start off the second half of the first round, if you guys have enjoyed this video thus far, please make sure to click that subscribe button down below because like I said, it's free and I put out content every single day to help you guys win that 2020 fantasy football championship. So at the 407, we have wide receiver Cortland Sutton of the Denver Broncos. Now, Cortland Sutton obviously last year was fucking amazing. After Emmanuel Sanders got his ass shipped off to San Francisco, Cortland Sutton really went out there and became the alpha wide receiver on the team. Now, what happens in the offseason? Cortland Sutton goes from being the wide receiver one on the team to being the wide receiver one on a team amongst other guys that could become the wide receiver one. Now, KJ Hamler hurts his hammy, so obviously that's not as concerning, but he's still going to get usage. There's still going to be Jerry Judy, who they drafted in the first fucking round. The first 12 picks of the draft, Cortland Sutton, not Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy comes off the board. So he's going to be involved as well. I think this may be a case of too many cooks in the kitchen. There's too many wide receivers here for Cortland Sutton to work out. If Drew Locke is very good and exceeds all of everyone's expectations, Cortland Sutton will be far worth this fourth round pick. But I'm not super bought in on Locke. I think Locke's going to be fine for fantasy football. I'm just not sure he's that guy who's going to be spreading the ball out to a million guys. So I'm going to go ahead and say fade Cortland Sutton here. He is an avoid for me. He is a sell at this pick. Now moving on to a wide receiver that I really love. Calvin Ridley at the 408 of the Atlanta Falcons. Now, Calvin Ridley obviously had a breakout season last season in 2019. He's on a team that was the most pass-heavy team in the NFL. Now, I know what you might be thinking. Oh, Nick, maybe they'll cork it back. Maybe they'll only be top five, top ten. They're going to be in the top five. They might be number one yet again, and they might be even more pass-heavy than they were last year due to the fact that the Atlanta Falcons are a gun-slinging fucking offense. After Mohamed Sanu got his ass shipped off that team and ended up in New England, Calvin Ridley, as well as Julio Jones, really started stacking up even more points. And this is really going to be helpful for Calvin Ridley now being locked and loaded as the wide receiver two on a very high-powered offense. I think the fact that they're in a division that is very score-heavy, it is going to be shootout heaven 
in those games. And I think that Calvin Ridley is going to be very productive, especially with a defense that may even be worse than last season's in 2020. They're really going to be relying on Matt Ryan throwing them out of these games. I think Calvin Ridley is going to be very productive yet again in 2020. Now to the 409, another risky running back. We have gotten out of the first three rounds, and this is where the running back risk really starts coming. Like we've already talked about Johnson, who I think is risky. Gordon, who's risky, obviously, because I don't think that he's really going to be the workhorse like I talked about. So he's a risk, obviously. And now we move on to James Conner, who just like with David Johnson, has been plagued by injury. James Conner is made of glass, but I'm going to go ahead and say he's a buy here strictly because I think if you draft him, when he's healthy, you can rely on him being a potentially top 12 guy on a week-in and week-out basis with Big Ben. This team should be looking very good if Big Ben is healthy. I think James Conner will be playing very well. He's a guy that, just like David Johnson, can get it done in the receiving game as well as in the rushing game which is also true with Melvin Gordon. But I think James Conner is the true workhorse of this Pittsburgh offense. It's really based on how much this guy can handle. If he gets hurt early, James Conner will be a complete and utter rip at this pick and not worth it at all. James Conner last year was a first-round pick, and he falls all the way down here due to the fact that he has been getting hurt. I think if James Conner's healthy, he's far worth this 409 pick and has potential to finish inside the top 12 of running back. Obviously, if he gets hurt, it's not going to be worth it at all. So that's my opinion on James Conner. I think he should be fine. But hey, if he gets hurt, this is going to be one of the worst picks you've ever made. At the 410, we dip back into the wide receiver well with Robert Woods, Bobby Trees of the LA Rams. Now, I moved him above Cooper Cup, so he's going to be a buy for me. I still think Cup is fine at the 401, but Robert Woods is one of my favorite players in this LA Rams offense, probably my favorite player to draft in this LA Rams offense due to the fact that he was the true benefactor of the two tight end set happening after the buy. After McVay said, you know what, I'm getting sick and fucking tired of Jared Goff getting his ass laid onto the ground, him having no time to pass the ball, so let's put out the two tight ends that have one tight end block so that, Robert, or so that Jared Goff can stay off his ass, and Robert Woods was dominating in those games. Deep down the season, he was top five in points per game in the final games after the bye week. Robert Woods was a goddamn monster, and I think we see that for the whole season in 2020, especially if they can can stay with that two tight end set. They didn't really look all that hot to start off the season. Looked like they had a Super Bowl hangover, if I'm being completely honest with you. Just like earlier that I talked about with a different team. I don't even remember who I was talking about. But I think that Robert Woods has a fantastic season. And we really see him ball out yet again in 2020. I think that he's a very high-powered player in an offense that I think could be really scoring a bunch of points in 2020. Now back to the running backs at 411. We have John O'God Taylor, Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin. Rookie running back of the Indianapolis Colts. Now obviously, Jonathan Taylor's a guy that I am all over if you guys have been watching my videos. He's a buy. But he's a guy to me that when you draft him, you have to completely understand that you are not playing him the first couple of weeks of the season. Unless Marlon Mack was to get hurt in practice, unless he was to emerge past him in practice, which I don't think is possible, Jonathan Taylor will not be the starter to start off the season. Marlon Mack will be the starter, but they're saying they are going to use the hot hand. Hot fucking hand hand in Indianapolis Colts. You want to know who the hot hand is going to be? The guy out of Wisconsin who's rushing for a zillion yards every year can catch passes behind the best offensive line according to the pro football focus. Jonathan Taylor is going to tear it up in 2020. I have no doubt about it. Has top 12 potential when he is playing. He probably won't finish inside the top 12 because I think it takes a couple of weeks for him to get it going and to become the starting running back of the team. But once that happens, Jonathan Taylor is all sales ahead or whatever that shit is. Yeehaw. No. That's a cowboy. Um, 
what do they say? They're like, uh, I don't even know. Whatever. I was trying to make a reference there, and I just completely forgot it. But fucking send it in fucking full send. Jonathan Taylor, I think, is going to be amazing in 2020. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be able to carry your team. And in the fourth round, you draft them. But just understand, don't play them the first couple of weeks. And to close out the fourth round, end with the Manscaped pick. Brought to you by Manscaped. Shout out Manscaped. If you want your balls to be looking as clean as drafting Christian McCaffrey at the 101, it is super safe just like doing that. It's like finding that diamond in the rough late in your draft to win. That's what Manscaped is. The diamond in the rough. You get that shit and you clean yourself down there and it looks beautiful. Looks fuego. So hopefully you guys check that out. Code Notorious at checkout for 20% off as well as free shipping. So let's get into Mr. Keenan Allen, who probably used Manscaped on his head because the guy is goddamn bald and it looks beautiful. Keenan Allen of the LA Superchargers. Now, Keenan Allen is one of my favorite wide receivers in the NFL. I personally believe he is one of the best route runners in the NFL. This guy's feet are absolutely nasty, like his name was Lionel Messi. But at the end of the day, Keenan Allen is in a situation that I don't like. I don't like the quarterbacks there. I'm not confident, Tyrod. I'm not too confident in Justin Herbert yet. I think Justin Herbert could be very good. I'm just not confident in him instantly. And I'm not sure Tyrod Taylor is going to be able to give the ball enough to Keenan Allen and hit, make those plays that Phillip Rivers was able to do to make Keenan Allen worth this fourth round pick. I think in the fifth or sixth round, I would be willing to do it. But at this price, I am not paying for Keenan Allen, a guy who I think is very talented. I just do not love the situation. Shout out to Mike the situation. So Keenan Allen is going to be a big bat sell here at the 412. If you guys did end up enjoying this video, Please make sure to click that subscribe button. I love each and every single one of you. I hope that you guys have a rest of your day, and I hope that you guys come back yet again later for another video. There may even be three videos posted today, so I love each and every single one of you guys. I hope you have a great rest of your guys' day. Check out Manscaped, code Notorious at checkout for 20% off as well as free shipping, and also check out the draft guide, patreon.com slash no, no, notorious fantasy. Have a great rest of your guys' day. I love you all. Goodbye!